are loved. We are chosen. We are blessed. We are renewed. We are gifted. We are sent. We are called. Hello, church. It is so great. To be with you today. I love gathering with God's people, don't you? It sets my life straight for the rest of the week. Can I get an amen? amen. And for those of you who are joining on us, us online, we always love when you tune in with us. We always love when we hear from you. Once there was a country parson who bought a horse. The dealer assured him that he had made an excellent purchase. He said, this horse has been raised in a religious atmosphere. To get it going, you don't say giddy up, you rather say praise the Lord. And instead of saying whoa, you say amen. Well, the uh, country parson paid for the horse and mounted it and said praise the Lord. And the horse trotted off uh, on the road toward the parson's home. After a few miles, though, a jackrabbit darted across the road and spooked the horse, and the horse took off on a gallop across the open field toward a cliff with a 500-foot drop. <laughs> In a panic, the country parson forgot the commands, and he started shouting, whoa, whoa, pulling on the reins, but the horse wouldn't stop. Finally, he remembered. Amen. The horse came to a stop right at the Brink of the chasm. Whew, said the grateful pastor. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I love that story. Let me ask you a question. What are the commands that you respond to? What are the commands that you respond to? As followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to respond to the commands of our great and our good God who has never led us astray. Can I get an amen? amen? Today we're going to wrap up a series called We Are Called. We, begin, we began with a message entitled We Are Called to Be, to be like Jesus. Then we did a message entitled We Are Called to Go. Last weekend Max did a message entitled We Are Called to Pray. This weekend, I'd like to wrap up this important series in the history of Oak Hills Church with a message entitled, We Are Called to Respond. Here's the deal. When God's people respond to his call, their lives are filled with joy because God's call is always an invitation for that which is good. Can I get an amen? One of my favorite stories when God's people responded to God's call is found in the Old Testament in the book of Nehemiah chapters 8 and 9. 
The children of Israel have returned from 70 years of captivity. They returned to the city of Jerusalem. Now, their captivity was not because ungodly people overtook God's people. That's the means that God used, but that was not the cause. The cause of their captivity came from the loving discipline of God. Year after year after year, they disobeyed God's good plan, and God steps in as the ultimate parent, and he disciplines them for their good. Now, keep in mind, during the 70 years of captivity, he did not leave them, but he did remove his hand of protection from them because they took it for granted. And he wanted them to get a dose of what it's like to live outside of the protection of God. Now, 70 years later, they've returned to the city of Jerusalem as a humbled people. They have returned hungry, hungry for God's will, hungry for God's word, so much so that they go to the priest, Ezra, and they invite Ezra to read the words of God to them from beginning to end nonstop. And they do this on a given day. On the second day, they've gathered around for round two. On the first day, we are told that, that whenever Ezra started to read, the people stood up in unison with no prompting. As Ezra continued to read, we are told in the text that the people began to weep. They began to weep mixed tears without question. Tears of regret for the wonderful life they had passed up on for so many years and tears of joy that they were once again in the presence of God and in the presence of his truth. Now, on day two, they've gathered together again for round two. Let me read it to you out of Nehemiah chapter eight, verses 13 and 14. On the second day of the month, the heads of all the families, along with the priest and the Levites, gathered around Ezra, the teacher, to give attention to the words of the law. They found written in the law, which the Lord had, in, had commanded through Moses, that the Israelites were to live in temporary shelters during the festival of the seventh month. As they were reading the scriptures, as Ezra was reading it to them, they, they noticed that there was a festival coming up next, and they wanted to get in on it. In the spirit of the New Testament writer James, they didn't want to be mere hearers of the word. They also wanted to be, say it with me, they wanted to be doers of the word. So they went to Ezra and said, we notice that the next festival coming up that the Lord calls us to observe is a festival called the Feast of Tabernacles. Basically, this annual week-long festival called each family to build a temporary structure, a tent, if you will, and place it on the roof of their house, and the entire family would live in that tent for an entire week. It was designed to remind Israel in a very tangible way that during the 40 years that Israel spent in the wilderness that God always provided and cared for them that manna fell out from heaven every day for food, that water miraculously gushed out of a rock, that their shoes never wore out the entire 40 years, and they also were reminded that God provided shelter for them in the form of a tent. But the most important thing of all is that God's presence was with them in the wilderness, also living in a tent called Tabernacle. 
That's why it's called the Feast of Tabernacle. And as the families of Israel were living in these tents for the week, they were to remind their children, who likely had not been a part of the 40-year experience, that God took care of them when they were nomads, wandering around with no permanent home. How much more so can we trust that he will take care of us now and into the future? So children, let's continue to trust God because he has proven to be utterly trustworthy. Let us follow God because he is in fact the one true God. Now when Ezra was reading the law to them, they would have come upon this instruction in the third book, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus is when they would have come upon the instruction of the Feast of Tabernacles. Then Ezra would have read uh, Numbers, and then the final book of the law, Deuteronomy, there was some additional instruction for the children of Israel regarding how they were to observe this week-long festival. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verses 16 and 17. Three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, at the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of tabernacles. No one should appear before the Lord empty-handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. A part of this festival included each family bringing a gift to God in proportion to the way in which God had blessed them. The text says that no one No follower of God should come before him empty-handed. Why? It would be like telling God that you did not recognize that the blessings in your life have come from his hand. So everyone brought a gift. Well, the Israelites got after it. What's the final report? Let's go back to Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 17. The whole company that had returned from exile built temporary shelters and lived in them. From the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated it like this. And their joy was, say it with me, and their joy was very great. The formula is solid. God calls, God's people respond, and their joy is great. God calls, the people respond, and their joy is great. The same thing is true for us today. Now, as New Testament believers, we're not called to pitch a tent in the backyard and live in it for a week, and for that I'm very grateful. But we are called as believers in Jesus Christ to rehearse God's blessings in our life and then to present to God a gift merely in proportion to how he has blessed our lives. That's what God asks us to do. And as a New Testament believer, just like the Old Testament believer, no one should come before God empty-handed. It would be like saying to God, I do not recognize that the blessings that I have received have come from your hand. Well, we have such an occasion today. We have been called, we have been invited as a church over all of our campuses to bring a gift to God in proportion to the way in which he has blessed us individually. A gift to last over a three-year period. A gift that will be used to expand and deepen the witness of Jesus Christ in San Antonio, the hill country, 
in Brazil, beginning in the city of Natal, and ultimately around the world through the influence in our partnership with Pioneer Bible Translators. So God has invited, God has called, and if his people at Oak Hills responds, their, their joy will be great. Is there anybody else hearing these words besides me who wants the joy? I guess I'm the only one. <laughs> Let me ask it again. Is there anyone else hearing these words that wants the joy? That's good. So let the history books be said of Oak Hills Church on this weekend. From the days of the Israelites who returned from captivity until that day, it has never been celebrated like this. Say it with me. And their joy was very great. So let's do this. Giddy up. No, I'm sorry. Praise the Lord. And all the church said? Amen. No, not amen. That means woe today. Let's try it again. Ready? And all the church said? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are called to be, not to pretend or imagine. Not to pretend or imagine, but to be. Vessels of the living God. Vessels of the living God. Fully surrendered. Fully surrendered. Full of grace and truth. As humbly servants and obedient to death. We are called to be light, with no hint of darkness, rushing in as the shadows run out, and brighter in Him as our own light fades out. We are called to be Jesus. We are called to go. Called to go. We are called to go. Not by might or by power, but by the Spirit of God. His wind is our compass and His peace on our feet. We set sail making disciples as we tarry outside these church walls. Outside these church walls. Where there's storms, where there's pain. To the ones who are called. Giving hope to the hopeless. Giving hope to the hopeless as his hands and his feet. We're the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. Called to go where he leads. We are called to pray. Both together and alone. But never stop bringing our hearts to his throne. A blessing for our enemies. Grace for our friends. Against all temptation. Against all temptation. For us and for them. With words and without. With faith and not doubt. For our loved ones, our leaders. His will above all. To be one. To be one. Together with him, we are called. We are called to respond. We're called to respond. To hear and obey. Without worry or sorrow fear or delay. We are called to run. His spirit let loose. Letting go of this world, for it's Him that we choose. It's heaven we seek. It's heaven we seek. It's life that we bring. There's life beyond death for those who believe. We're not here for comfort or fame or praise. We're called to be Jesus. We are called to be Jesus. We are called to be Jesus and to lift up His name.